This is Garrison Hardy with your Cross Politic Daily News Brief for Monday, August 15th, 2022. Folks, our upcoming Fight Lab Peace Conference is just two months away. Now, maybe under two months away now from happening in Knoxville, Tennessee, October 6th through the 8th. Don't miss Spear and Psalms, our amazing lineup of speakers, which includes George Gilder, Jared Longshore, Pastor Wilson, Dr. Ben Merkel, Pastor Toby, and we can't say yet. Also, don't miss our awesome vendors, meeting new friends, and stuff for the kids, too, like jumpy castles and accidental infant baptisms. Also, did you know you can save money by signing up for a club membership? So, go to FightLaughFeast.com, that's FightLaughFeast.com, and sign up for a club membership and then register for the conference with that club discount. We can't wait to fellowship, sing psalms, and celebrate God's goodness in Knoxville, October 6th through the 8th. Now, here's what you may have missed over the weekend. Idaho Supreme Court abortion bans will be allowed to take effect amid challenges. The Idaho Supreme Court ruled Friday that strict abortion bans will be allowed to take effect. The ruling comes as legal challenges over the laws continue, and the court sped up the timeline for lawsuits to be decided. Two justices agreed with expediting the cases, but noted that they felt laws should not be enforced until the legal process has been completed. A doctor and a regional Planned Parenthood sued Idaho over three anti-abortion laws. The Justice Department is also suing Idaho in federal court over a near-total abortion ban. The judge has not yet ruled in that case. The state Supreme Court's ruling means that potential relatives of an embryo or fetus, which is Latin for baby, can now sue abortion providers over procedures done after six weeks of gestation in another stricter ban criminalizing all abortions is slated for later in August. Praise God. Potential relatives can sue up to $20,000 within four years of an abortion. On August 25th, per the Idaho Supreme Court's decision, a near total criminalizing of all abortions, still allowing doctors to defend themselves at trial by claiming the abortion was done to save the pregnant person's life. Pregnant persons? I didn't write this article. This is from Fox News. Just another, you know, another showing that uh, Fox News is on its way out. Save the pregnant woman's life will take effect. That's better. Planned Parenthood also has sued over a third ban that criminalizes abortion done after six weeks of gestation, except in cases where it was needed to save a pregnant woman's life. There's persons again. Or done because of rape or incest. So, unfortunately, leaving the door cracked. But we'll work on that. That law was written to take effect on August 19th. The Supreme Court said the plaintiffs both failed to show that allowing enforcement of the laws would cause irreparable harm and that there was not enough evidence that they had a clear right to a remedy. This ruling comes as other states face similar challenges following the U.S. Supreme Court's decision to overturn Roe v. Wade. In nearby Wyoming, a judge blocked the state's near-total ban on Wednesday. The Louisiana Supreme Court on Friday denied an appeal filed by plaintiffs, allowing the ban there to stay in effect. In Kansas, the elections director said the state would go along with a request for a hand recount of votes from every county after last week's decisive statewide vote affirming abortion rights. Folks, keep these states in your prayers, keep our nation in your prayers, and pray for repentance in Kansas as they do that recount. Now, uh, monkeypox is getting a new name because the WHO says the name is racist. Well, well, not surprised from the WHO. Dr. Tedros Abnaham 
WHO director general met with scientists this week to discuss best naming practices for diseases. The focus is to avoid offending any ethnic, social, or professional groups and minimize harm to trade, travel, tourism, or animals. <laughs> Monkeypox is at the top of the time uh, is at the top of the agenda to receive a new name. Two clades or variants of the disease have already been given new names. The WHO released a statement on Friday announcing the new names of two variants of monkeypox using Roman numerals instead of geographic areas. The Congo Basin variant is now clade 1 or Roman numeral 1, and the West Africa clade is clade 2 or Roman numeral 2. This is to avoid any stigmatization, of course. Is all of this political correctness run amok? It looks like it. Who are they afraid of offending? Monkeys? Africans from the Congo or West Africa? Other diseases are named using geographic locations, and they aren't being renamed. It's like the coronavirus that came from Wuhan, China. No one was supposed to call it the Wuhan virus because it might offend communist Chinese leaders. Monkeypox has been around since 1958. The world's population has managed to live with that horrific name since then. It was a common sense name at the time. Research monkeys in Denmark were observed to have pox-like disease. Monkeys are not thought to be the animal reservoir. Now that it is spreading globally and health experts are beginning to panic, calling it a health emergency suddenly, the virus needs a new name. The WHO declared the disease an international emergency in July. The U.S. declared its epidemic uh, it an epidemic, a national emergency, this month. Before that, back in May, Sleepy Joe was pushing the panic button and telling Americans that everybody should be concerned about monkeypox. The first human case of monkeypox was reported in the Democratic Republic of Congo in 1970. Thus, the name of the variant. Thus, it was the name of that variant. The WHO is now reporting that it held an open forum to discuss a name change for the disease after a group of 30 scientists from Africa warned of an urgent need to change the name. It has a stigmatizing potential, they said. The virus has been reported in several other African countries and abroad. The Western outbreak began in May in the UK, Portugal, and Spain, and is now spread to the US, Canada, France, and Germany. Scientists are concerned about racist connotations and also the stigma for the LGBTQ plus community. There have also been attacks on and poisoning of monkeys. I think there is an urgent need to alert gay men of how monkeypox spreads. Outside of Africa, 98% of cases are men who have sex with men. There is a limited global supply of vaccines. Health, official, health officials are rushing to stop monkeypox from becoming entrenched as a new disease. There's been a lot of tippy-toeing around that fact out of fear of offending gay men. It isn't exclusively gay men. It's also bisexual men who have sex with women. Anyone can get it. Even children can get monkeypox from skin-to-skin contact. It is, however, stoppable. Scientists know how it is spread and how to stop it. If Team Biden has declared monkeypox a national emergency, why hasn't he ramped up vaccine production? There's a shortage. The longer the virus hangs around and spreads, the more likely it produces variants. Like, you know, what happened with the coronavirus pandemic. Plandemic. It gets more contagious. The Biden administration continues to prove how inept it is in dealing with emergencies. Where are the public service announcements targeting the communities most at risk? Biden seems to be asleep at the wheel once again. Call the virus anything they want. More education and outreach is needed. Treat it like other STDs. Don't ignore it and hope it goes away. Name changes are just window dressing, politically correct window dressing. 
So there's your update on monkeypox. I know we all wanted it. Now, how about a word from Boniface Woodworking? Boniface Woodworking exists for those who enjoy shopping with integrity, who want to buy handmade wooden furniture, gifts, and heirloom items that will last for generations, from dining tables and church pulpits to cigar humidors and everything in between. Quality pieces that you can give your children's children, tie them to their roots, and transcend the basic function of whatever they are. So, Start voting with your dollars and stop buying cheap crap from people who hate you. Visit www.bonifacewoodworking.com to see their gallery, learn their story, and submit your order for heirloom quality wood items. So, thank you to our sponsor there. Now, we just visited Sodomy. And now we'll head over to Gamora. Seattle Hospital, over 130% capacity, no longer admitting non-emergency patients. Harborview Medical Center in Seattle announced Thursday that the facility is over capacity by approximately 150 patients and will have to temporarily stop admitting patients with less acute conditions, diverting people to other facilities for treatment. The hospital's licensed capacity is 413, but it has more than 560 inpatients, meaning that capacity is over 130%. Other area hospitals report that they are ready and willing to work with the medical center, which all, which all said they could surge to accommodate additional patients. According to a release from the hospital, there are over 100 patients who are waiting to be discharged. Harborview CEO Sommer Klunu Wally said, Given the unique position Harborview is in, the community as the level one trauma center, as the disaster center, and here for all critical illness, we had to make a very difficult decision today one that has been weighing on our minds as UW medicine leadership. It continues, In order to ensure that we maintain our critical capacity for any type of trauma that is needed in our region and for any type of critical illness, we have moved moved to going on what we call basic life support divert. Patients not in need of more urgent care will be needed to be taken care of and brought by ambulances to other hospitals surrounding Harborview in the area. Harborview, for this time period, will no longer be able to take care of the less acute patients in order to maintain our capacity. And it finally finishes. In order to ensure that we maintain our critical capacity for any type of trauma that is needed in our region and for any type of critical illness, we have moved to going on what we call basic life support divert, Wally said. Dr. Steve Mitchell got in on the act. He's the acting medical director of Harborview Medical Center. He said... Quote, what has been happening is that when ambulances arrive at emergency departments, they are unable to offload patients into beds inside the emergency department, that, and they're having to wait for longer and longer periods of time, sometimes for hours. Unbelievable. Which is then impacting their ability to serve their communities and for emergencies when they occur. According to an internal email obtained by the post-millennial, Harborview is currently at 130% capacity. Factors include the lack of staffing at nursing and rehab facilities that would normally receive patients needing that level of care. That is creating a backlog of patients in the emergency department impacting Harborview's ability to receive additional non-critical patients. Medical facilities in Washington State have been suffering from a staffing crisis following a COVID vaccine mandate that was enacted by Democrat Governor Jay Inslee for state and hospital workers. Earlier this week, the Yakima Board of Health sent a letter to Inslee asking him to rescind the vaccine mandate. County Commissioner Amanda McKinney criticized Proclamation 24-14, 
which requires employees, volunteers, and contractors for state agencies, schools, and healthcare organizations to be vaccinated against the coronavirus. Last Friday, Inslee removed the requirement for boosters but left the vaccine mandate in place following negotiations with labor unions. According to a survey conducted by the Washington State Hospital Association this year, Hospitals in the state suffered a net loss of about $929 million in the first three months, three months of 2022, due in part to high inflation and labor shortages, which have resulted in labor, drug, and supply costs increasing faster than payment rates. Also, their crappy governor. Just a thought. Well, on that cheery note, let's shift to my favorite topic, sports. And this is some bad news for any Padres fans out there. Fernando Tatis Jr. suspended 80 games for violating MLB PED policy, performance-enhancing drug. The Padres will be without Fernando Tatis Jr. the rest of the season. Tatis Jr. tested positive for close to ball and will be suspended for 80 games. The news of the suspension was first reported by ESPN's Jeff Passan. Quote, I've been informed by Major League Baseball that a test sample I submitted returned positive, uh, positive result for Clostaball, a banned substance, Tatis Jr. said in a statement through the MLBPA. Quote, I've been informed by Major League Baseball that a test sample I submitted returned a positive result for Clostaball, a banned substance, Tatis Jr. said in a statement through the MLBPA. He continues, it turns out that I inadvertently... <laughs> took a medication to treat ringworm that contained clostebol. I should have used the resources available to me in order to ensure that no banned substances were in what I took. I failed to do so. He continues, I want to apologize to Peter, AJ, the entire Padres organization, my teammates, Major League Baseball, and fans everywhere for my mistake. I have no excuse for my error, and I would never do anything to cheat or disrespect the game I love. The 23-year-old phenom had missed the entire season due to a fractured wrist, but had been uh, fractured wrist, but had been expected to return soon. This is a blow to the Padres, who went all in trading a haul of highly ranked prospects to the Nationals for stu- superstar outfielder Juan Soto and formidable first baseman Josh Bell. The Padres are 63 and 51 currently. While they trail the Dodgers by 16 games in the NL West, they would qualify for a postseason uh, for the postseason as a wild card team if the playoffs started today. Tatis Jr. signed a 14-year, $340 million contract with the Padres last February. Jeez, you guys remember the contract that uh, DiMaggio signed in uh, in my last news brief, like $15,000. Man, things have changed. This has been your CrossPolitik Daily News Brief. If you like the show, hit that share button down below. If you wanted to sign up for a conference, sign up for a club membership, or sign up for a magazine subscription, you can do all that at fightlapfeast.com. And as always, if you'd like to send me a news story, ask about our conference, or become a corporate partner of CrossPolitik, you can email me at garrison at fightlapfeast.com. For CrossPolitik News, I'm Garrison Hardy. Have a great day. 